0: This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Wellsy, draft
1: day GM Sonny Weaver might be running the Browns if this Watson thing doesn't work out. It's Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. ESPN app, we are presented by Progressive Insurance. I'm Aaron Goldhammer. I'm in Cleveland. He is Mike Wells in Indianapolis. And we now have two teams in the NFL that have started their training camps because the Cleveland Browns, where I am today... Had their players report. They are in West Virginia for a little walkthrough action. We'll have media availability tomorrow at the Greenbrier, where they are heading to start camp. And Jake Trotter, ESPN NFL Nation, Browns reporter, will be there. Jake and I already did four hours of radio earlier today, so we figured why not throw him on and let us do 10 minutes more. But throw Mike Wells into the conversation. Um, Jake, what to you is the most important thing to get Deshaun Watson back on track and feeling more comfortable than he did in the 6 games last year.
2: Yeah, long time no talk, Aaron. I I think that the biggest key is going to be Kevin Stefanski and Deshaun Watson finding a repertoire that translates into success on the field. You know, it was just very rocky last year in those 6 games. I mean, Deshaun Watson had the QBR that was uh, about where Russell yep, Wilson yeah, was, man, yep. which is just, just not good enough. So the key is going to be like, can he, get, can he get Deshaun Watson playing at that 2019-2020 level? And can Deshaun Watson rekindle it? There were a lot of positive signs in OTAs in minicamp, but that's not, they didn't have pads. They didn't have a pass rush. It's going to be completely different uh, as training camp goes along. So that to me is obviously the biggest key. And that's going to determine whether the Browns make the playoffs or not. Hey
3: Jake, how you doing? Um, what is what is the biggest difference you have seen at of You know, going back to OTAs minicamp, the biggest difference you've seen from Deshaun Watson from the end of the last season to when they wrapped up the minicamp. It, it could be him as a person, him as a football player.
2: Yeah, Mike. I mean, I think the biggest. Difference really doesn't have much to do with him directly. It was a total circus in Cleveland last year, especially during training camp when we didn't know what Deshaun Watson's punishment was going to be. We didn't know if he was going to be suspended at all. Uh, It was a media circus on top of everything else. And and then the Browns were trying to figure out, like, do we give Deshaun Watson snaps? Do we give Jacoby Brissett, the backup quarterback last year, snaps, assuming that Watson's going to get suspended? I mean, it was very difficult, I think, to formulate a coherent game plan for the season. So just the fact that the drama has subsided to some degree, I think, has allowed him to just have a normal offseason. I mean, the other difference, too, Mike, is that, you know, he got, he, he got traded to Cleveland kind of a surprise uh you know was learning everything on the fly uh you know generating chemistry with new teammates I mean all of this is a little bit I think more comfortable for him and so he just looks more comfortable out there but it's not just because he's been here longer it's also because there's just not as much of a circus on and off the field because of the allegations that were made that have been made against him
3: Listen, and it, it probably allowed you to have a normal life too this off season too, <laughs> not having to not having to deal with a headache. You know, Aaron and I were talking earlier in the show. We were talking about who has more pressure on them this season: Deshaun Watson because of the big contract, and you know what the, what the Cleveland Browns gave gave up to get him and the money they gave him, or Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. I want to get your thought. I personally think there's more pressure on Deshaun Watson to prove that he's worth every penny that the front office gave him. What is your thought?
2: You know, I think I would put it this way. There's there's maybe a tiny bit more pressure on Aaron Rodgers individually. There is more pressure, I think, on the Browns, including Deshaun Watson, as a franchise. Because if Deshaun Watson is not a top three or four quarterback in the AFC next year, this season, the Browns are probably not going anywhere. You know, they may make the playoffs. You know, they'll probably go to Kansas City or Buffalo. They would be very unlikely to win at that point. And then, you know, if he's in the 6, 7, 8, 9 range, which I think is very possible given how stacked the, the AFC is, the quarterback, they may not make the playoffs at all. And then you take a step back and you look at the contract and you look at the first-round picks the Browns gave up, you could make a pretty credible case that this would be the most catastrophic trade in NFL history when you factor in, the blowback that the team got and, and ownership and, and general manager, Andrew Berry all got for making the trade in the first place with all those lawsuits pending. So there is a ton of pressure on Deshaun Watson for sure. But I think it just extends out to the entire organization. Cause Aaron knows this, if the Browns don't win 10 games this year, everybody could get fired. I mean, Andrew Barry could get fired. Kevin Stefanski could get fired. You uh, could be a complete overhaul. So, and then you look at the roster going forward, it's like, how are they going to compete? Because that contract's only going to get more and more onerous with regard to the cap, and they don't have any first-round picks coming up through the pipeline because they gave them all away way to get him in the first place. Yeah. So I think Aaron Rodgers, because he's been such a lightning rod and because you know of, of the magnitude of, of what he's accomplished as a player and what he still could accomplish and the fact that he's in New York, he might be under slightly more pressure. But I think the Browns, this is, this is maybe, Aaron, you might disagree. Is this the most important season they've had?
1: Don't we say that every offseason? You know, I, I just I think they have to make the playoffs. Otherwise, there are major changes coming. Um, I think most people here have confidence that Watson isn't going to be terrible. I just don't know that he's ever going to be a superstar again. And that really is the big question, because I think the Browns. And Kevin Stefanski need him to be that in order to get through this gauntlet of a division. Jake Trotter has just been nothing but roses in this segment so far, talking about firing coaches and the worst trade in NFL. Well, the I, mean, I did tra-
2: do four hours of radio with you, so that's kind of that, that's,
1: that's why you're in such a good mood. Other than Watson, who is the second most important person in Berea, Ohio?
2: You know, other than Kevin Stefanski, the head coach, it might be Jim Schwartz, the new defensive coordinator they've brought in. I mean, the Browns were dismal defensively last year. Uh, They got a little bit better over the course of the season, but certainly not uh, enough to keep Joe Woods from getting fired, the defensive coordinator, last year. So they bring in Schwartz, an accomplished defensive coordinator, uh, who has a system that I think fits the personnel the Browns have pretty well. You know, Cleveland is not done – very well in creating negative plays, despite having guys like Miles Garrett and Denzel Ward. It's kind of counter, counterintuitive, but they don't they don't make a lot of sacks outside Miles. Uh, they don't you know force tackles for loss, and they definitely do not force a lot of turnovers, which has been a big problem for the defense. So uh, I think in addition to eliminating some of the communication breakdowns they had last year, uh, which was a point of emphasis for Schwartz this offseason, he is going to be bringing the house. He's going to be in man coverage and he's going to try to force a lot of negative plays. And I think the question is, do they have the personnel to to make that happen? Uh, They brought in a ton of different defensive linemen this year. Uh, You know, they've got uh, new defensive backs. So they, they are going to try to make this work. And if it comes together, like I think the upside is there for this to be a fringy, you know, 10, 11, 12th ranked defense in the NFL, but you know, we have seen them not really play well at times the last three or four years. And, you know, this is a, this is a huge year for the defense as well, uh, you know, just given all the changes that they've made.
1: Talk to Jake for four hours this morning. Talk to him in this segment. I'll uh, call you at 7 Eastern when we get off the air and
3: talk to you some more. <laughs> Sound good? Mike, you can call me, Aaron. I'm blocking your number if you call yeah. me. Hey, hey, we'll, hey, listen, Jake, I got to say this. Hopefully you still have some of that gift I sent you earlier this year to help pass the time when you're in the fine community of Greenbrier, West Virginia during training camp.
2: Dude, Mike, I, 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 I drank what you sent me, like, in a day. And if you <laughs> want to send me another one ahead of this trip, I would gladly accept. Okay, I, I, don't, I'll, I'll send, I don't
1: know what it is that you guys are talking about. <laughs> but if you're sending something around, Mike, send Listen, a little bit my way. Hey, I am going to be it,
2: in the home, the
3: headquarters of, uh, the, the, or I should say, the moonshine capital of the world. So just heads up. Hey, put it like this, Jake. I'll send another one your way early in advance if I got your commitment for the fall. Uh, we have a deal. Oh yes, my guy. Yes, there we go. Hey, say, hey safe travels to West Virginia, brother. Okay, <laughs> two thousand. See, I don't
1: know what that means, but a deal of some kind was just made on live hey, radio. Listen, I I, I I sent car. him.
3: I sent him uh, Jeff. Um, excuse me, Jake Trotter spoke to my my sports writing and reporting class at Indiana University where I teach it last fall mm-hmm. to talk about what it was like covering the whole Deshaun Watson um, situation as a reporter. And I sent him a bottle of our late great friend Jeff Dickerson's favorite uh, bottle of wine, Prisoner, as a thank you gift. So Mm. I will do the same again for Jake while he's in West Virginia. Keeping the spirit of JD
1: alive. I love it. Canty and Carlin is presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save. Go to Progressive.com. That is
0: Progressive.com. We've got the odds. What are the odds? Now it's your turn to decide.
4: May the odds be ever
1: in your favor.
0: Is that a good bet or a bad bet?
1: All right, we bring in our producer here on Canty and Carlin. Eric joins us. He is the host. He's going to give us the bet. Well, we got to decide, is it a good bet Or a bad bet. I'm Aaron Goldhammer. He's Mike Wells, Canty, and Carlin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Eric, what's up? Let's get it started.
5: All right, fellas. It's going to be the AFC North good bet, bad bet over under edition. And so we're going to start with Deshaun Watson. The number is 3,700 and a half. So 3,700 and a half passing yards. Are you taking the over or under? Aaron, I'll start with you.
1: Now, I'm gonna take the over. I think the Browns are gonna to try to chuck the ball all over the place with their fancy schmancy quarterback. And I think if Watson is durable, you know, the thirty seven hundred yards when you divide that by seventeen games, it used to be throwing for three thousand yards is like with the best quarterbacks in the now if you're not throwing for five thousand yards, you're not anybody. Wells, what do you think over under thirty seven hundred passing yards for Deshaun
3: Watson? I'm, I'm team gold hammer in this situation. I'm uh, I'm definitely going over 3,700 yards. I think Deshaun Watson's going to have a hell of a season. I'm not sure I'm going to put him in the category of a top three quarterback, but I think this is the year that Deshaun Watson finally looks like the quarterback that we all saw when he, he was with the Houston Texans. In fact, in, from 2018, 2019, 2020, he had at least 3,800 yards passing, like Aaron alluded to. Now you get a bonus game in there, 17 regular season games over. For Deshaun Watson. Over 3,700 yards for Deshaun Watson. Wow,
1: there you go. Good bet, bad bet. AFC North over unders. Eric, what do you got next?
5: Next, we're going to go to the Cincinnati Bengals. All these odds, by the way, uh, courtesy of Caesars Sportsbook. It's minus 170 for the over, and I believe it's plus 140 for the under here. Cincinnati Bengals over three and a half division wins against the rest of the AFC North, of course. So, uh, Mike, I'll start with you there. Do you think the Bengals will win over three division uh, games?
3: Yeah, I do. Uh, listen, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say they're going to have two against the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, two against the uh, – uh, you know, listen, and then they get one home game, one one home win against Baltimore and Cleveland. You're sitting at four right there. So give me over. I mean, I can't sit here and say that the Bengals are the second favorite team to uh, win a Super Bowl this year and not say they can't win more than three and a half games in the AFC North. So definitely over in this situation.
1: Van Wellesie, I'm not touching that. What? All four teams in the AFC North went 3-3 three and three in the division last year. You said it's the AFC East. I think it's clearly the North is the most difficult division. Well,
3: he, in, put, uh, he put, hey, listen, he, he said he put the emphasis on clearly, too.
1: Clearly. Also, you know, the Bengals have had problems with the Browns, oddly enough. Joe Burrow has a losing record against Cleveland in his career. So keep an eye on that. They play each other week one. Uh, I'm not saying that the under is a good bet. I'm just totally staying away from that over-under 3.5 division wins number 4 Cincinnati. What do we got next, Eric? Uh,
5: what we got next here is maybe a bit of a long shot. Um, and so a few of these will be ones that maybe you just throw uh, you know a Jackson on or a $10
1: bill. Yeah, a little pizza, money. Yeah, a little sure. pizza
5: yep. money. There you go. Um, so cornerback for the Pittsburgh Steelers, Steelers Joey Porter Jr., He's currently at plus 2,200 to win Defensive uh, Rookie of the Year. Aaron, you like that one?
1: Uh, I kind of do. The Steelers just have a loaded defense. So, like, if a rookie's going to get five, six, seven interceptions, Wellesie, it's probably going to be this guy. And that's kind of what is looked at. Now, in the past, you had Micah Parsons. You had a couple of high sack guys. I don't know that that guy really is in the draft necessarily this year. I mean, do you think Will Anderson's going to have, like, 10 sacks, double digits? I might throw a little uh, Jackson down on Joey Porter at plus 2,200 to win Defensive Rookie of
3: the Year. What do you think, Wells? Ooh, I'm, I, got, I, I hate when you go first and you make sense. I, I just hate it because you, you made complete sense in the situation, Aaron. Uh, more so because of Pittsburgh's defense. I think when you're able to get to the quarterback, put pressure on the QB, that is every cornerback's dream. That makes it easy to jump routes and be able to be more aggressive when it comes to um, defending the passing game. And like you alluded to, this was not a strong draft where you're going to see somebody coming off the edge and racking up 15, 16 uh, sacks as a rookie. So go ahead and uh, make Pops happy in this situation, Joey. All right,
5: next one here. we're gonna to go to Baltimore Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson. I'm gonna insert myself on one of the ESPN Radio rankums from earlier in the week, where it was top five MVP candidates, and I feel like I didn't hear Lamar Jackson as high as I, I would have thought. So right now he's at plus for, uh, excuse me fourteen hundred to an MVP. Mike, do you like that?
3: Oh man! You know what's funny? You made made the uh, mention of rank- rankums when it comes came to uh, MVP candidates. And I gotta say I had Lamar Jackson in my top five in that situation. But when I got done with the show, I was like, I don't agree with that thought. Because Lamar Jackson got his money, he rolled the dice, gambled, no agent, so there's no agent fee that he's paying up. He got he got paid. And we all have seen at times when players get that big that big payday, they kinda settle a little bit. I know he has a new offensive coordinator, but I gotta say, I don't I don't like the odds of that one. I worry that he can't stay healthy, Wells, but if he does,
1: he has been fourth quarter money. And wouldn't the narrative be interesting to go from, oh, does he deserve all the guaranteed? Is he going to end up staying in Baltimore? They win 12, 13 games. They win that division. He's going to be in the conversation. I also think there'll be a little Mahomes fatigue when it comes to MVP, which could open the door for someone else. I kind of like Lamar Jackson. If you think he could possibly stay healthy, plus fourteen hundred to win the MVP. We got time for one more, Eric. Good bet, bad bet. AFC North over unders. Canty and Carlin. I'm Aaron Goldhammer. He's Mike Wells. Go ahead, Eric.
5: All right. A few minutes ago, Aaron, you said you didn't like the Bengals to win more than three division games. Mike, you said you did. The number to win the AFC, uh, regular season-wise, to be the top seed in the AFC playoffs, is plus 425 for the Cincinnati Bengals. So, Aaron, do you like that number?
1: I don't. Um, I think Kansas City's the best team in the AFC. It's just too complicated of a conference with so many different good teams and so many variables. The other thing I'd say is the top seed's not going to come out of the North. All those teams have nightmare schedules because they all are going to cannibalize each other. I would stay away from Cincinnati, plus 425. Bet 100 to win, 425 to be the top seed in the AFC. Wells, what do you think?
3: Oh, man, no, that's not happening um, because that is going to be the second-best division in football behind the AFC East. And, again, I think Kansas City... The road to the Super Bowl in the AFC will continue to go through Arrowhead Stadium. Uh, I, I would love for it to go through um, Cincinnati, right down the road, an hour and a half Indian the a little bit. But I just think, you know, the AFC North is going to beat up on each other. I think the Bengals will still get over the three and a half wins, but it's going to be a tough road. And they may be beat up and suffer a few losses that they probably shouldn't have. It's good bet, bad bet,
1: AFC North over/unders, all the odds courtesy of our friends at Caesar's Sportsbook. Up next, the Giants signed a running back today. Not Saquon Barkley. What does that mean for this drama? We will get into it after Mike has this word from our friends at Vivid
3: Seats. Here at Canton Colin, we're fired up for the MLB season. Luckily for you, our friends at Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN, have great deals on great seats with a huge selection of tickets to this year's hottest matchups. Experience crack of the bat, every diving catch, and every head pound, heart-pounding play of your favorite team live and in person. Just visit thevividseats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live
6: legal and administrative and customer support at robert half we know talent visit roberthalf.com
0: today this is the canty and carlin podcast
6: Saquon's going to have to either decide to play this year on the
1: tag or to not. But sitting out a couple games, I don't think there's anything for leverage. I
0: think the Giants really screwed this up. I think the optics of it are terrible. He
6: is their offense, and he is that safety net for Daniel
3: Jones.
0: Everybody in the locker room knows he's the most valuable person on that team. But you're going to pay the quarterback
3: $40 million who's mediocre at best. And if Saquon Barkley doesn't show up, Daniel Jones can't carry that team.
1: Well, the Giants did sign a running back to a contract today, but it was not Saquon Barkley. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN app. I'm Aaron Goldhammer with Mike Wells, presented by Progressive Insurance. James Robinson goes to the Big Apple, has played 39 games, 32 starts, three years with the Jags and the Jets, 24-year-old, which is somehow like middle-aged for running back (laughs) these days. 2,200 yards, 514. It's 4-4 a carry. 18 touchdowns, 91 receptions, and five receiving TDs. So he has a total of uh, 23 touchdowns in his NFL career. Um, And I I guess I'm trying to draw in my mind if there's a connection between Robinson and what's going on with Saquon, Wellesley.
3: You know what? You sound probably what – you sound like probably what a lot of – New York Giants fans are thinking about. They're probably sitting there thinking, oh my God, oh my God, the Giants, the front office and the coaching staff, they don't believe Saquon Barkley's going to be there. We got to have somebody in the backfield. We got to have as much depth as possible at the running back position in case Saquon's being out. That is a realistic thought. Realistic thought by everybody because Saquon Barkley has not shut the door on the possibility of not showing up at the start of training camp and if and if that were if that becomes the the case you don't know how long he's going to be out he could hold out for an extended period of time and as the regular season comes the giants are stuck Mm -hmm. without their you know saquon barkley and derrick henry in my opinion are the two running backs who really are the the old school ride or die with those players at that position and giants had had You've got to include Nick Chubb's got to
1: be in there, too.
3: I mean, you know, that's Man, I, my bad. I, I'm, so, stuff, I'm, stuff, sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I love yeah. to, I love yeah. I love Cleveland out of the mix. My fault. But you're right. I completely forgot about Nick Chubb. But you know what I'm saying? But there's few running backs in the NFL in what is a passing league now where teams truly ride with those players at that spot. And the Giants have to look out. They had to they have to do what's best for them.
1: Mina Kimes is an ESPN NFL analyst. She was on NFL Live earlier today. Curious what Mina had to say on the Giants signing James Robinson.
5: Yeah, it's hard not to see that say, that news about James Robinson and not just see Saquon Barkley insurance uh, uh, hanging over top of it. I say that as someone who doesn't believe that Barkley is going to skip Week One. But the depth chart behind him, Matt Breda running back, a rookie out of Oklahoma, Eric Gray, that they drafted this year, not particularly uh, calming for Giants fans. So in James Robinson, they do get a veteran back who has been productive at points in his career. He was very good in Jacksonville. The signing makes a lot of sense. It's low cost, low risk.
1: I agree. And I think that my guess is Saquon will play for the Giants this year. But even if he does play, you know, remember Saquon also, while he was healthy last year, I don't know, you can bank on him playing 17 games. So to your point, Wells, it's as much much about depth as it is insurance. You know, I, I think it sort of checks off both boxes for them. And I'm not sure it really tells us anything about whether the Giants really think Saquon is going to play week one or not. I guarantee you he's going to hold out for the start of training camp. That That feels like an automatic. But whether he would miss games is where, you know, the real question, whether he's going to be with this team in September, that's what I wonder.
3: Yeah, and which we should all wonder if, if that's the case. Um, but I, I, would, I, I would just be shocked if he got to the regular season, um, if that's good. But what's the point of showing up in training camp? I mean, I, I don't see any reason to need to show up to training camp. <laughs> right. um, He's a running it, it, back anyway. It, yeah. What a running!
1: What does Saquon Barkley need training camp for? I mean, I guess it's good for him to be there as a team leader and connect with his guys and all that. But I running backs, if any, if there's any position where they could step right in and be an impact player, like we see guys change teams and then the next week go run for a hundred yards. So I, I agree with you that I, if I was him, I wouldn't want to be at training camp. I just want to be working out on my own nope,
4: at this point. Nope, I got to interject here. As the, uh, one of the Giant fans on this show, Ooh. I'll tell you the main reason why Saquon needs to be at camp. The only reason Saquon needs to be at camp is because last year we were at Giant's camp, and Saquon took a selfie with my daughter, and she <laughs> didn't have him properly framed up. So she was like, all right, this year I'm getting a better selfie, right? So we got tickets to the fan day or whatever next week. And then, now with this news that Saquon's not reporting, she's, huh. she's, she's tore up about this.
1: Can, so, can I interest you in a selfie with James Robinson or Matt Breda? That sounds a more like
4: uh, selfie insurance than it does anything else.
1: <laughs> can <laughs> Man, I interest listen. you in uh, Andrew Thomas and, uh, I'll, I'll and tell you left now. tackle?
3: <laughs> From one dad to another dad, all three of us are fathers. I'm with you on that one, Shannon. I understand, and I totally get it when a kid can be heartbroken when their favorite player is not there in the building. So I I, I definitely feel your pain in that situation, Shannon, why he needs to be in training camp.
1: Okay, well, then why doesn't he come, you know, do a day on NFL Live, uh, do a day where he comes car washing through all the radio shows with everybody, and then he could take a picture with uh, Shannon's whole family. You know, he gets a whole – Get the whole crew together, take a photo, and then all of a sudden you don't require him to be practicing every day. You know, the only thing wells that could happen to him, other than taking a nice picture with a kid. The only thing that could happen to him at training camp is he'd get hurt. And what what's that gonna do for his long term? And we potential? and we and
3: we've seen that Saquon Barkley can get hurt, so Yes, sure. Keep that so in mind.
1: I think that the real date to watch here isn't the end of next week when the Giants report and have the family day where Shannon's hoping to take a picture. The real date to look at is the end of the preseason, the start of the regular season, like the Tuesday after Labor Day. Uh, where is Saquon Barkley? I think that's the question, really, that we don't have a clear answer to. Up next, Pack 12 If the Cardinals end up with the top pick in the 2024 draft. Wait a second.
4: I was All right, look, I was in the middle of Shannon, typing up a tease, and then you brought up the whole Saquon thing. I
1: just went, stay classy, San Diego. We'll, just, we'll, we'll start over. Here.
4: If. How's that? You know what? I'll do the tease. Here we go. I got you, Aaron. All right, here we go. All right. <laughs> Big 12 media days in full swing. All eyes on Caleb Williams. So if the Arizona Cardinals end up with the top pick in the 2024 NFL draft, thank you. do they take Caleb Williams, or do they stick with Kyler Murray? We'll explain next here on
1: ESPN Radio.
4: How was that? Was that good? Did
1: that work? That, 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 was, that was okay. The, but you got to mention the ESPN app, too. So just say, and the ESPN <laughs> app. Gold <laughs> Herman Wells, ESPN app. <laughs> this podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition.
6: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply.
1: Bank of America and a member FDIC.
0: Canty and Carlin, the podcast.
1: I've learned in today's show I can't just read whatever Shannon, our producer, writes up on the screen. So I'll I'll set up this segment by myself, if that's okay. I'm Aaron Goldhammer. He's Mike Wells, Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Uh, Cardinals uh, are an interesting team in the NFL this year in the sense that people are already wondering what they're going to be doing in the 2024 NFL draft. I don't know that I've seen a roster this bad in a while. And I assume they'll win a game or two because that's the way the NFL works. But man, oh man, am I putting some money Caesars Sportsbook on their underwells. And it feels like even though he's probably not going to play for the majority of the season it, it kind of feels like already the kyler murray era in arizona is over am i crazy saying that you think
3: um let me think about that for a second no you're not you're you're a smart man and something something tells me that arizona there's probably some arizona cardinal fans who probably want for that era to be over with and for them um They want to start looking ahead, and uh, they probably think about the potential of having the worst record in the league, which means the number one overall pick, which means pulling the whole hmm, Kyler Murray situation all over again. Kyler Murray, Josh Rosen, but instead it could be Caleb Williams and Kyler Murray this time around. You know,
1: what's what's amazing about this whole thing, you know, it feels like the the contract negotiation, because there was a time where everybody thought Kyler Murray – like, everybody wanted him commercials. He was—I think they—would they start a couple of years ago? Look it up, Shannon, but I think they were like 8 No, to start the season. They were red hot and then fell off down the stretch. He has played in a playoff game. I think it's two things. I think it's his inability to stay healthy, and then the questions about how hard he does or does not work and the whole association with too much video games and the clause in the contract and all of that, I think it's just soured the relationship. So that's one side of it. The other side of it is I have heard from people that scout the quarterbacks. And, I, I look, I, I'm an expert in making goofy radio, not necessarily scouting QBs. But I know people who scout QBs. They tell me we have not seen anything like Caleb Williams come into the NFL since the
3: days of Andrew Luck, Mike. Wow. 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 That's hey. That might be worth that might be worth losing because. And when I say that, don't laugh. And say, oh, why the hell do you want to lose on purpose? We have seen in recent years that the addition of a great quarterback, what it can do for you. We've seen. I mean, we know Patrick Mahomes was not a number one overall pick. We Joe have Burrow seen was. Joe Burrow was. Trevor. What Trevor Lawrence did last year Cam to Newton turn their se- was You know. Yeah. I mean. turned their season around. You have to have. You have to have that QB who has the it factor. Because I'll tell you right now, the team in the city I live in right now, mm-hmm. they are still heartbroken four years later Yeah, about trying to find their quarterback after Andrew Luck surprised everybody with his retirement. Yeah. They wish they could have that, Q, that QB you believed could lead you to a victory every single game of the regular season. And Arizona, I don't think they believe that in Kyler Murray anymore. I'm not
1: doubting Caleb Williams for a second. I just have seen enough of these to know just because you think someone is guaranteed to be the number one pick before the college football season starts doesn't necessarily mean that it turns out that way. In the case of Burrow, he was on nobody's radar until he got to LSU and started playing with Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase and going undefeated and setting records all over the place and ended up you know, not just becoming a great college quarterback, but obviously a great pro. So Caleb Williams has a lot of college football left before he ends up entering this mix and this conversation about Kyler Murray. He was on SportsCenter today at Pac-12 Media Days. He was with Hannah Storm. And he talked about the prospect of maybe, just maybe, becoming the second player
5: ever to win back-to-back Heisman trophies. Um, it's just being yourself. Everybody always says uh, you know, it's, it's hard to do something twice, um, especially back-to-back. And so um, you've know, you got to focus on on the main thing, which is winning games. And uh, if you want to go, go out there and win every game and, and go 1-0 each week, if you do the math, you end up being 15-0, you get to host a trophy that you really want. Um, But also, you know, when you do something like that, it also makes it a lot easier to go out there and, 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 you know, your self-accolades and your self-goals are are easily accomplished. Does USC have to go to the
1: playoff this time around with Lincoln Riley for them to get Caleb the second Heisman, Mike?
3: Whew. Ideally, yes. Because, again, it is improving on taking another step forward. So, I'm going to you know I I'm, I'm going to say emphatically yes. They yeah. have to get there. They are way too talented not to get there. Caleb Williams is the premier quarterback in the country. So it is they t- let's take that next step. Let's let's get up there and push Georgia this year. Yeah. Let's get uh, to the national title game.
1: They have Stanford at home. They're at Arizona State at Colorado will be an interesting game for them. They're at Notre Dame though on October 14th, which will be a massive game. They go at Oregon on November 11th, and they play UCLA at home. They might be able to get away with losing one of those. But I think if they lose two, they're definitely going to be out of the mix. And I just think the standard in the bar, college football, the Heisman Trust and all that, they like to say Archie Griffin's the only guy ever to do this. So I think to win the Heisman the second year, he's going to have to really overwhelm the electorate. Do you have a Heisman vote? Mike, I feel like everybody's got no, a Heisman no,
3: vote. No, I, I, I don't have a Heisman vote. I can't um, – I don't have anything on that. I That is – no vote for me. Do you Shannon, have Shannon,
1: Eric, anybody over there you got? No, but I know people that have one who don't. I know a guy. You know a guy? I know one
3: too as well.
1: Yeah. I. I what do we have to do to get Canty and Carlin a Heisman vote? I feel like the show should have, you know, there's enough of these out there. I feel like the show definitely deserves the the status of actually having uh, uh, one of these votes. Keith in Tucson joins us on Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. What's up, Keith? So,
4: I got to tell you guys, when I found out that this goes way back to the uh, Panthers and the Jaguars coming to the league, I was praying that we would have got one of those expansion teams— we did not, and then I found out Bidwell was moving his team to Arizona. I can't stand the Bidwell family. I pray that Caleb Williams does not go to the Cardinals. He is too good of a talent. They will find a way to just destroy it. He just—I I can't stand the Cardinals because they, their ownership has no, no—they're money grabbers. They have no, even. Worries about trying to build the team. It's been
1: Keith. Fair enough. It's been bad. Remember, you started seven and zero a couple of years ago, uh, and now you know you're in a little bit of a different spot. New head coach Jonathan Gannon. I have no idea how that's going to go. The guy's going pew pew in sound clips. But I'll rank them next. My top five Super Bowl contenders: Aaron Goldhammer, Mike Wells on ESPN
0: Radio. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from three to seven Eastern on ESPN radio. Plus you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.
6: Robert half research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert half our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI